And our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the only person I would want to be locked in quarantine with. Yes, I am including my children, Mr. Eric Robertson. Good morning. Uh, how are you doing, babe? I'm doing great. Today's been really productive. You did a lot today. Share with everyone what you've done. You- uh, we've had this we've had this closet upstairs that has been it's just this big open closet with no shelves. So and it's we, been a it's been a pile of crap. We live in a mid century modern house and we don't have closets. We have big cabinets that are deep with a bunch of inefficient space. That's what we have in this house. Yeah, there's plenty of storage space, but the space is inefficient. So I built a bunch of shelves and organized it. And now it is a functioning closet that we can see everything and know what we have. I'm laughing because Eric's go-to stress response in this uncertain time is to build out and organize all of these closets in our house. Mm-hmm. My go-to response has been, I've been organizing and cleaning things as well, but has been to bake and cook everything. <laughs> it's been great. Which, which has been helpful in some ways. Yeah. Right? I also expanded the chicken coop yesterday. This guy, I mean, so if you're listening to this in real time, it is the end of March in America. We are currently in lockdown or quarantine for the coronavirus pandemic. And if you're listening to this in the future, wasn't this crazy? crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to take a minute to say thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. This is episode 119, How to Always Do Your Best. This is the fourth and final installment of our Four Agreements Read Along. This is going to be such a great episode, whether this is your first time tuning in or you have been following the read along. People loved part three. Eric, did you know that? I didn't. That's awesome. People have been really loving part three, which we recorded last week when things just really started to get serious here in the US. And crazily enough, part three was all about making no assumptions. (laughs) And I'm really excited to have this conversation about doing your best, what that means, what it's going to lead to in your life. But let's just start. I know so many of us right now, regardless of when you're listening to to this, but if especially if you're listening to this right now, let's all just take a deep breath in and out. Whatever you're feeling right now is great. If you are feeling panicked and scared and uncertain, that's awesome. That's great. Those are emotions and you're not a robot, so have those emotions. If you are feeling optimistic and calm and just centered, that's awesome too. What a powerful place to be in. If you're not sure how you feel, let's just take a minute to take another deep breath in and out. Relax your shoulders, relax your stomach. Think about the points of contact with your body to the ground, to the earth. So right now I'm sitting on a couch. My feet are touching the floor. My bum is touching the couch. The couch is touching the ground. And just think about all of the ways that your body is connected, how you are supported. You're feeling good today, Eric? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling great. How are you, you were feeling? How were you feeling yesterday? Uh, well, yesterday I was really tired because I worked. On the chicken coop? For, yeah. 
I was feeling pretty good yesterday, and then I started looking at finances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then today, I feel okay, but I do feel kind of like an underlying level of I'd like to pace around the room. Yeah. Consciously, <laughs> I feel okay, but I when I do that body scan, I can feel myself like just holding tension in my stomach. I want to just walk very quickly. That's like... <laughs> Give the illusion of you're doing something. Yes, yes, yes. Just to give the illusion that I'm doing something because I think my go-to response to any sort of like panic or loss of control is to just start taking frantic action and control, boss people around, nudge children out of the way who happen to get on my path. We're like... Get out of my way. Get out of my way. Um, And the reason why I bring this up is I think this is a really, really important exercise for all of us to be doing all of the time, not to be obsessed with ourselves and to be stuck in our own mind, but just to take inventory and be aware of how we're feeling, what our bodies are feeling like, and then to practice not judging however we're doing. Say, right now, this is great. Mm -hmm. This is great. Even if you're hysterically crying in your bed, when we move from a place of judgment to a place of acceptance and awareness, that's where we find our power. That's where we find our ability to cope. That's where we're going to find faith and hope and inspired action is not in a place of judgment, in a place of criticism. We have a really good episode that you guys love, you know, the difference of critic versus a creator. When we're in that place of judgment, it's harder for us to move through our feelings and emotions. And when we're in a place of awareness and acceptance, which for me a lot of times just looks like narrating my life to myself. I told Eric, I feel like I keep narrating a thriller where it's like the beginning of one of those kind of like apocalyptic movies where it was like, the first thing that happened was the virus. And after the virus, the earth turned on it. That's when the aliens came. Like I literally... <laughs> But rather, that's not staying present. That's me going into apocalyptic narration. But I'm talking more of like, okay, I'm sitting on the couch. Wow, that's interesting. I'm feeling a little frantic. Uh, and having a voice and a tone of non-judgment. And that's a really, really powerful tool for me when it comes to awareness and also doing my best. So to reframe the concept of the four agreements for you guys, this is an amazing book by Don Miguel Ruiz. There are beginning chapters and end chapters other than the four agreements, but we've really been focusing on what are these four agreements that if we make are going to be a guide to personal freedom. Don Miguel Ruiz promises that if we do these four agreements, if we can master them, we're going to be able to turn hell into heaven. I love the promise of this fourth agreement is that when you do your best, you become the master of transformation. As a growth-oriented person who likes to change and spice things up, I love the idea of becoming a master of transformation. I think a lot of us, it almost makes me feel like a magician to be a master of transformation. Do you like that? I do like that. White magic. Yeah, the good magic, right? Rather than the dark magic, the the evil we can cast with our mind. Each of these agreements, the first one was to speak impeccably. The second one was to not take things personally. And the third one was to make no assumptions. 
all of these agreements are in an effort to undo agreements we might not be aware of that we've made through our conditioning, through our life experience. The fourth agreement is how to do the first three agreements. That's what this always do your best. This is the it ties it all together. So if you haven't listened to our other episodes, you're still going to get a lot out of this. If you haven't read the book, you're still going to get a lot out of this. But if you want to join, it's a really short book. It only takes a few hours to read. It's really powerful. And I think it can be really helpful, especially during uncertain times. So if you want to join our read along, it's not too late. We've got some really fun bookmarks and downloads. And you can go to the com forward slash read along, all one word, to offer in to get those bookmarks and the links for how to get the book. I took away five ways, kind of five principles for doing your best from this chapter. Okay, I want to share them with you. I think this has been the most important because I said to Eric last week, I'm like, oh, do your best. That's my favorite one because of all the agreements, like speaking impeccably and taking nothing personally. Taking nothing personally is the one that's the hardest for me. Making no assumptions sometimes, sometimes not. But I'm like, oh, Oh, no, I'm always pushing myself to do my best. But what are your thoughts on that with me personally? You're a self-proclaimed perfectionist, right? Well, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Recovering. Yeah, thank you. If you have a tendency to be a perfectionist, you would use this as an excuse to feed into your perfectionism. To beat yourself up and judge. That's yeah, what but I also, do. But also to give you like, oh, I have a free pass to be the perfectionist, mm, right? Yeah. You can. You can look yeah. at it that way. Yeah, totally. Or or if you have a tendency to be a workaholic, same thing. Oh, well, this this just feeds my my uh, excuse to work all the time and, and do that, which is not what he's saying at all. And so the first how-to that I took away from this, which has really changed my life, it's a principle that I, I talk about in my keynotes, it's a principle that I teach, and something that I actually, through my morning affirmations and, and mantras that I do, I check in with myself daily on this, is that your best is going to look different day to day. Your best is going to look different hour to hour. Your best is going to look different in the morning than it's going to look at night. I think the real work for me and the real work for all of us is to show up, do your best and accept whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you think you do that? How do you show up and without falling into that perfectionism? Perfectionism is, is based off fear and a lack, right? Do we agree on that? Okay, so doing your best is based off a want or desire for being good and growth Mm. and helping others and eliminating the curse of hell, as he would say. So so what I hear you saying is, you know, the first step is... I think in that battle against perfectionism and taking this this agreement and this principle too far is that if you accept it's going to look different day to day, hour to hour, that's something like a workaholic or a perfectionist doesn't They won't accept. accept, yeah. And so just by accepting and working on that first one, I think it's going to guard against that. And then what I hear you saying and something that I've been really trying to focus on is my second kind of how-to is don't focus on the reward, focus on the process. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're focusing on the process, you're in the present moment, and that's the best you can do. In fact, I would argue that you can only do your best while you're present and in the present moment. Absolutely. When you are focused on the reward, when you're focused on the outcome, which I think for me, perfectionism, you know, what does that even mean? It's it's an impossible standard that I've created that's imaginary, that's a moving target. 
it's actually not something that is achievable. It, it also requires your ego to be present. Absolutely. Perfectionism, I think, for me in the past has been a lot about the outside validation yep. and the outside approval that even if I know I did my best, if it's not confirmed to me by some completely arbitrary number of sources. Mm -hmm. So so always a good example of this for me is my speaking, giving a keynote. I can get up there. I can prepare to my best ability. I can speak to my best ability. But then if I get off the stage and in the past, I didn't feel like it was validated either to the degree or to the exact specification of how I think it should be validated, then I no longer did my best. Mm -hmm. Now that's actually perfectionism. Yep. Right? It's insatiable. So how can we do our best without it transferring, like we're saying, like into this beating ourselves up judgment? The first one was it's going to look different every day. The second kind of how-to that we took away from Don Miguel Ruiz and also just my life experience is not to focus on the reward. And now this is the big one, okay? For me, trying to do more than your best is going to always lead to like an inefficient use of energy. Okay. And it's going to waste time. Okay, yeah. I want everybody to think of an example in their life of when you're doing that frantic action and you're trying to control a situation, how it's it takes twice as long. So I think like a tangible example of this, an inefficient use of energy when you try to do more than your best. Eric just brought this up to me. It is in the past, if I felt like somebody had done me a favor or given me a gift, I would need to go so far above and beyond to repay the favor or to give the gift that there's no question for doubt or in your mind that yeah there's no debt that you don't owe anyone anything that you went so far the other way I do that in my working relationships too and this is something I've I've learned really the hard way in my working relationships is that when I don't set clear parameters for myself and expectations I want to make sure that people feel like they're getting value so I keep giving so much. This can even happen like with my workshops or teaching. When I give people so much information, they can't retain any of the information. And so with my first Build an Awesome Brand workshop, I probably had two or three additional sections that I actually, what I did is I turned those into my online courses. Mm -hmm. So the How to Build an Awesome Brand workshop had a a section on Instagram or social media training, which I turned into how to make Instagram work for you. And also I would try to cover how to work with brands, how to work with influencers. And people would leave and there was so much information that a lot of the feedback was, Allison, it was really good, but I felt like I was drinking from a fire hose. Fire hose is such a good visual for an inefficient use of time and energy and trying to do more than your best. See, that wasn't your best. That was you trying to... Control how everyone perceived and got all the information. Being a perfectionist to make sure everyone left and there's no doubt that... Gave value. Yeah. When I really set a clear parameter for an objective, which is if you come to the how to build an awesome brand workshop. The goal is for you to leave knowing what drives and motivates you, then how to clearly and healthily communicate that to attract people who believe what you believe. Right? It's it's just as simple as that. And trying to like dive into all of those other parts 
it, it overwhelmed people. And now when people leave, they can clearly communicate back. I don't get those fire hose reviews anymore. And if I do, that's okay. Some people are always going to feel that way. I'm not basing it on the reviews, but I am basing it on, I know that I brought as clearly as I could that piece of information. Mm -hmm, Right. Trying to do more than your best, beating yourself up, judging, being the critic is actually going to slow you down. It's actually going to keep you from becoming that master of transformation that I feel like is the goal. I love this, this passage. He says, you don't need to judge yourself, feel guilty or punish yourself if you cannot keep these agreements. If you're doing your best, you will feel good about yourself, even if you still make assumptions, still take things personally, and still are not impeccable with your word. If you do your best always, over and over again, you'll become a master of transformation. It's over and over again in the present moment. And what that looks like for me is it requires a lot of forgiveness. And we talked about this in part one about being impeccable with your word. It's a very, very difficult agreement to keep Not even just when you're talking out loud, but in your own mind, when you're talking about yourself, when you're thinking about other people. And so a practice that I have in place for that is to say out loud to myself, oh, I've I've chosen incorrectly. I didn't keep my word. I didn't speak impeccably. I'm going to choose again. I forgive myself and I choose again. By doing that practice in the moment, I'm doing my best. You're totally doing your best. Rather than beating myself up. This also helps us not focus on the reward. And to that point, John Miguel Ruiz says, doing your best is taking the action because you love it, not because you're expecting a reward. Most people do exactly the opposite. They only take action when they expect a reward and they don't enjoy the action. And that's a reason why they don't do their best. And so when I'm going overboard and I'm trying to achieve and please, I'm just focused on the outcome as well. When I'm really doing my best and accepting that my best is enough, I'm enjoying the action as well. So when I'm preparing for a keynote, I can prepare with stress and panic when I'm preparing for a workshop. I can prepare with stress and panic. And then I'm bringing that energy into what I'm doing. When I'm preparing with love and ease, I bring that And it's not that I'm any less prepared. I like this because doing your best seems like it could be so hard and all encompassing. And it's, well, if I didn't perform right, then it was my best and you judge yourself. But really, if the idea is that you can only do your best while you're present, that means you have to understand that you're not always going to be present, that you are going to mess up. And that is, and you can still do your best in your life and mess up all the time because we will and just accept that. And what I can do is, is just try to be present more because when I'm present, I'm truly doing my best. It's like nature. We sat out in nature the other day and we talk about how these ants or the grass, they don't know there's a pandemic. They don't get involved with this, the clouds with, our, with, with the consciousness moving. of humanity. And, yeah. and they're just, they're, they're doing their best. They're like doing what they were born to do. And when we're present and we are here, it's like we're truly alive. And in those moments, we really are doing our best because that's when love comes in. That's when not frantic action, but inspired action comes in. And so to me, it's not an overwhelming agreement because to me, what it is, is I just need to be present more. And then when I'm present, it's so easy to do the right thing. It's true. It's just difficult to be present. No, that's it. Yeah. But but that's why why you don't need to beat yourself up when you're not present because 
you're not always present. You don't need to beat yourself up for when you mess up. I think a lot of people might even see the title of this and feel so overwhelmed by even the title that they shut off. Yeah. If that was kind of your feeling, I hope we've been able to bring this in a way with a lot of compassion and love to see that this actually, I think... What, you, what I think most people who listen to our podcast need to do in order to do their best is to cut themselves some slack and not judge themselves as harshly. I think that people who are attracted to our podcast, the people that I tend to attract with my energy and, and my thought process are people who are expending a lot of energy. They're interested in feeling as awesome as they are. You're, do, you're doing your best. Mm-hmm. You're doing your best. It's accepting that and and being present and letting go of the judgment you guys i cannot tell you my capacity to serve my capacity to do work has increased by insane amounts like insane i am able to do insane things that would have scared me and i would have not been able to do because i have more compassion and grace for myself not because i push myself harder that is not what has yielded the huge results. It's the compassion and being present and the awareness. How I've been practicing that, I'm going to give you as kind of step number four for how to do your best. How I've been practicing that during this very roller coaster emotional time of lockdown, quarantine, economic unrest. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of sorrow. People are sick. People are dying. Um, on Sunday, I just got so overwhelmed with like the sadness of people dying alone and suffering and people who don't have access to all of the resources. I mean, it's really heavy. Sitting in that heaviness, again, remember I told you at the beginning, whatever you're feeling is great, but sitting in and staying in it is not the way we're going to serve those people. And so this is the question I've been asking myself to help me take it hour at a time, day at a time, and not get lost in the heaviness and the sadness. And it is, what can I do right now to help me show up for what I need to do next? So this is a perfect example of that. On Sunday, I said my energy was pretty low. I was feeling pretty sad. And I just let myself sit in that. I thought, I think I'll watch a movie, a funny movie. I watched Shaun of the Dead. It's a zombie movie. (laughs) Eric took a nap. And I was like, I'm just going to, I think that if I watch a movie and I give myself some space from the kids, I'm going to feel better. So we told the kids to go away. Eric took a nap. I watched a movie. But then after I watched the movie, I assessed is that going to help me show up for what I need to do next? And I noticed that my mood actually had gone down. I thought watching a movie and giving myself a break, which was great. I did that. But normally, I, I think it would have been easy to just stay in that place and watch another movie. And I thought, you know, for what I've, what I've got to do, which is spend the rest of the day with the kids, the rest of the night with the kids, I'm going to try working on dinner and see if that makes me feel that shifts my energy at all. And you guys, I'm not kidding. If I had walked to the kitchen and started like chopping vegetables and felt my energy tank lower, I would have done something different. I wouldn't have held myself to making dinner. I would have said, nope, this isn't the thing that's going to help my energy. My goal was I wanted to try to be able to show up for my kids and Eric. It was our anniversary the rest of the night. And that was my only goal. What can I do right now to help me 
show up for what what's next. Maybe that's sitting in bed watching a movie. Maybe that's crying. Maybe that's calling a friend and getting some emotion out. I, I ended up going to the kitchen and making a dinner. And I turned on some Diana Ross and the Supremes. There's a really funny dance video that happened that I posted on my Instagram, me and Fiona dancing. And that helped me show up for dinner with the family. Now, on Monday morning, I had an interview with Parents Magazine. It's a national magazine, super excited. My energy had been really low. And normally, in order to get my energy up and prepare for something like that, I would go for a run, I would exercise, but I knew that I needed sleep. My body was really tired. I'd been really depleted. And so I asked myself, what is truly the best thing I can do to show up for that interview that hopefully can positively impact a lot of people? Even though normally it would be running and getting my workout and doing my mantras, it was just sleeping in and getting more sleep. And so that's what I did. And I really do know that I was able to show up to that interview and do my best by in the moment asking, what can I do right now to help me show up for literally like the next hour? Because right now we're going to get so lost in trying to prepare for like weeks down the road, days down the road, months down the road. We can't do that. We only have the present moment. That's all we ever have. And so the thing that helps me do the the best in the present sometime is instead of getting really overwhelmed by all of the options, just simply think, I would like to be able to have a nice dinner with my family. Is there anything I can do right now to help me prepare for that? That's been a really awesome exercise and tool. Does that resonate with you at all? Yeah, for sure. It's just that question. That, I, that meal resonated with me. Oh my gosh. I made this tiki masala <laughs> and I shared this on a Instagram live yesterday. How can I show up for what I need to do next? And people really liked that. It was really helpful. So I hope that serves you guys because that's been helping me focus on like shifting my energy towards what I what I hope to be doing. But at the same time, with a lot of allowance for, I told you, like I stayed in bed, I cried, like I'm letting myself do those things too. And that is also doing my best. This is number five. This is something that I have been doing and sharing, but Don Miguel Ruiz gave language to it in a way that just was a light bulb moment for me. And he says, make everything a ritual. And so a ritual is something that you're mindful, you're practicing, there's a purpose. When you think of a ritual, very often rituals are in service and sacrifice to a higher power. I talk about using everyday activities as as mindfulness exercises, and that's exactly what he means by this, is when you make something like taking a shower or brushing your teeth a ritual rather than a to-do, you are bringing intention to it. When you take a shower, he talks about the idea of taking a shower and having it be a ritual for loving your body. And I love that so much. I think doing the dishes can be a really powerful ritual in texture and gratitude for food and gratitude for for soap that we still have access to. So I will take a lot of things like brushing my teeth or doing dishes or folding laundry and and sometimes I turn on a book of course, you know, or I watch TV, but making it a ritual of enjoyment or leisure or fun or texture or thought, then if the idea is to always do your best, you're bringing intention to these mundane actions and intention is going to always help you do your best. It's beautiful. And so I think right now when so many of our schedules and there's so much uncertainty in the world, this idea of making what 
we can a ritual is is really beautiful. We've been doing this with our bedtime routine with our kids where we are reading scripture, we're saying prayers, and we're doing a gratitude list. And at first we had everybody saying five things they're grateful for and people were tired and not sitting still. And so now we say three things we're grateful for. Right, And we haven't been absolutely perfect at it, but I'm noticing how bringing in some more intentional rituals and treating them like a ritual, this is something we do with thought and intention, not perfection, but to enjoy the process, it's really, really helping me feel grounded and have a sense of normalcy in a pretty crazy time. Yeah, I agree. So I want to recap those five kind of application points for doing your best that have really helped me and Eric. And the first one is your best is going to look different day to day. So don't judge it. Number two is don't focus on the reward, focus on the process. Number three is trying to do more than your best is an inefficient use of energy. So just notice yourself when you're slipping into pushing and coercion. Number four is asking yourself the question, how can I show up for what I need to do next? And the number five tip is to make everything a ritual. And I want to share this incredibly gorgeous quote from Don Miguel Ruiz to kind of end this exercise we've been doing with the read-along. I've really, really enjoyed this. I'm really grateful we've been able to do this with you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. There's some ending chapters and prayers, thoughts on freedom and heaven on earth at the end of the book we're not going to get into, but I encourage you to read because they're super awesome. I believe this so much and it's going to bring, it's bringing me a lot of faith and hope right now and I hope it does the same for you. So this is from fourth chapter here from Don Miguel Ruiz. You were born with the right to be happy. You were born with the right to love, to enjoy, and to share your love. You are alive, so take your life and enjoy it. Don't resist life passing through you because that is God passing through you. Just your existence proves the existence of God. Your existence proves the existence of life and energy. Now, regardless of your thoughts on God, I believe in a higher power and life and energy. So don't let that trigger you and take away from the beauty of this quote. Don't resist life passing through you. Your existence proves the existence of life and energy. You were born with a right to be happy, guys. You were born with the right to love and enjoy your life. There can be joy and sorrow. There can be beauty and pain. There can be suffering across the world. And also this incredible sense of community and beauty that is emerging Social media has been such a place of comparison and such a place of criticism. And right now, it is such a place of community and sharing funny memes and sharing TikTok dances with your kids at home and sharing ideas and resources. And I love the shift. It's such an awesome shift. That shift that's happening on social media can happen and is happening, I think, a lot of places where hard times that break us, bring us together. You're doing such a good job. You're doing such a good job. This is an unprecedented world event. Even if you're listening to this after, the aftermath is from an unprecedented world event. There's no right way or wrong way to do it. The only thing we can do is just show up and in the knowledge we have now, do our best. And then I love to always follow that up with a Maya Angelou quote that when you know better, you you do the best you can 
until you know better. And then when you know better, you do better. And hopefully through listening to this episode and the other four agreements, you guys know a little bit better on how to turn hell into heaven, how to live in your power, and how to make agreements with yourself that that lead to freedom and, and joy. Do you have any reviews for us, Eric? I do. This one's from Chelsea Zollinger. She says, I just have to say I'm so grateful for the examples Eric and Allison give of an entrepreneur couple. My husband is an entrepreneur, and over the past few years, before I was even married, I have been really inspired to pave my own way as well. But I also want to support my husband, and I want to have kids. If you'd have asked me a few years ago, I wouldn't have thought it was possible to do all three. Listening to this podcast and hearing how supportive Allison and Eric are to each other has helped me have confidence that we can both live our dreams and support each other in moving life forward. Well, I'm crying because that's so sweet and I wasn't expecting that type of review. And that was from Chelsea. And I really appreciate that because Chelsea, it was just our 12-year wedding anniversary this past week. I'm so grateful that that is a takeaway from the podcast. You know, over three years ago when we started this podcast, I told Eric that it was really important that he did the podcast with me. And he said, nobody wanted to hear from him and nobody cared and people just wanted to listen to me. And I said, if nothing else, I want to share you with the world and an example of what an incredible man you are. It worked. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. So shoot us an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. That's always Allison with one L. And we're going to get you out some treats, some thank you prizes, some happy mail. If you guys will continue to leave reviews in iTunes, sharing on Instagram, maybe share your favorite part from the Four Agreements read along. It's It's seriously so, so helpful. And right now, I've seen a lot of you guys sharing past episodes that you're finding helpful. And I appreciate that because we created them as resources and tools. So please don't hesitate to share them. It's doing us, it's honestly the number one thing you can do to thank us and support us is to share the podcast. And so appreciate you guys so much. Um, really grateful for the opportunity that we still get to do the podcast. We mm-hmm. have an in-home studio. We're so lucky. Hang in there. We are here for you. We have resources for you. We're going to continue to show up and share them. And remember, only you can be you. And you're already as awesome as you need to be. We love you guys. Are you going to take us out on something good? Oh, yeah. I've got something great. This is from our newest uh, collection called World Guitar. The song is called Celtic. I think this is great for the four agreements. I do. It's so peaceful. It's one of my favorite songs in our library. And um, yeah, use code awesome with Eric for 20% off the best stock music in the world at Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Here's Celtic. Mm-hmm. 